Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. I am Liz Loza. I'm back and I am joined by Dalton Del Don. Dalton, thank you so much for holding it down in Sunnyvale while the cast and crew of Fantasy Football Live was on the road in New Orleans. Sure thing. That was a lot of fun. But come on, you got to tell us some stories. How was it over there? Dalton, we got to talk offline. I fell in <laughs> love with that city. I mean, you know, like one of my superpowers is functioning on very little sleep. That's just something I'm able to do. And um, right. that superpower was in full. In fact, if I was thankful for a superpower, it would be my ability to just crush it on three hours of sleep. Maybe. <laughs> So you awesome. put that power into good use, you say, you're saying. I, I sure did. Anyone who follows us on the at Yahoo Fantasy social media handle will definitely know that uh, that Matt Harmon and I had a lovely time. And I will say Brad Evans was probably the best behaved of all of us. Man, well, I'm jealous. Wish I were there. But uh, it sounds like we had, you guys had a great time. And yeah, awesome. Look, you guys did a great job, too. The show was awesome. It Thank really you was. so much. Our cast and crew, our producers, everybody really knocked it out of the park. It was incredible and something I'm still incredibly thankful for. Yes, this is going to be a theme, being thankful for things, because guess what? It's Tuesday. We're recording early in the week because this Thursday is Turkey Day. But I think it feels right to be recording so early, especially coming off of the high that was last night's historic Monday night football game. What a game that was, too. I mean, you know, so teams are were 216 and 0 in the NFL when scoring 50 points before last night. I mean, that was the highest over under of all time, and they hit it by the third quarter. I mean, just just a wild fun. I mean, some people will quibble and say no defense, and obviously the defensive scores and the turnovers. But one thing it was was entertaining, and and I certainly won't won't have any arguments with that. A lot of fun. It was incredible. You know, I'm a Rams fan, so I was definitely jumping up and down and then, yeah. you know, the biting my fingernails in moments. And I have to say, when I hear that argument that you just mentioned that defenses win championships, they won the game for the Rams. They just didn't win it by stopping Mahomes. They won it by turning him over and scoring defensive touchdowns. That is the new way defenses win championships. I think the rest, I mean, listen, Ron Rivera, you need to do some catching up. Jason Garrett, maybe you watch a little bit of that film. There are so many old school coaches because I defy you to disagree with this next statement. That Monday night football game changed the NFL forever. Yes or no? 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's definitely been heading that way all season. I, I don't I don't know if there's any turning. I mean, I guess I'll say yes, because I don't know if there's any turning back now. I'm not sure if it was just that game. We'll certainly remember that one. So sure. But this season, it's been going that way, trending. And um, I, for one, see no reason to turn back. It's it's just so much fun. It really is entertaining. What, what do you think, Liz? I think so. I mean, you think about who would be the one team that could that could stop the Rams pretty obvious um the saints right yeah well i mean yeah oh yeah so yeah i would say i mean the saints it's a big three right now i mean so that that and and obviously home field helped help the rams last game that last outcome could have went either way saints have not lost since week one so so yeah i mean there's a big three right now as far as i'm concerned and they're all offensive powerhouses true true yes the saints defense is playing better but yes that's fair to say they're all 100 percent winning through offense for sure all right so i want to talk about from a fantasy perspective in this game. I mean, obviously heading into this game, we saw the over-under, we saw the line, right? And the advice that we gave on Fantasy Football Live and that you echoed from Sunnyvale was that take any piece of this offense that you can get your hands on. Maybe Tyler Higbee won't score. Maybe Gerald Everett won't score. Maybe Josh Reynolds won't score. Maybe Chris Connolly won't score. But (laughs) chances are they're all going to score if this game is what we are expecting it to be. And this game did not underwhelm by any means. All of those players saved time. Tyler Higby did find the end zone, but one major, major centerpiece was missing, and that was Todd Gurley. Everyone's being real quiet about what this happened. I mean, some people on that whole hashtag running back talent doesn't matter hype train were pounding that table. But as I said, I'm a Rams fan. You know that I will watch this game from whistle to whistle and did indeed and follow the Rams very closely the way you do the 49ers. Todd Gurley was banged up, and I think you know, not all injuries are reported. We're savvy enough to gather that much. Hence, Malcolm Brown's, what, four or five carries. That game was very, very frustrating as a Todd Gurley owner. And clearly something was wrong. And it was just frustrating that the announcers were not saying Mm -hmm. anything. I mean, the guy was not out there. So the guy, Gurley has scored a touchdown in 13 straight games. And then the one in which breaks the streak, the, the Rams score 54 points. I mean, just crazy. So there are reports trickling out now that he did roll his ankle early mm-hmm. in the game. And that we limited saw that him. Happen. And that, we saw it, yeah, I saw it I, happen in the first yep. half. You know, like, yep. we're not idiots. We're seeing him on the sideline. And also, I love the point that you're making because in the three games in which Cooper Cup, Jared Goff's best friend in the red area of the field, was out, Todd Gurley saw two of his highest volumes of the season. You know, 28 carries in one week, 25 in a, another so obviously this game, this game plan had to, to change a little bit for our reason. Yeah, he had not seen fewer than uh, 20 touches slash targets in a game this season, and he had 15 that one. So obviously there was a problem. But the good news is they say that it's not going to be a long-lasting injury. And they, oh, they have their bye, too, because this right. game was supposed to be played in Mexico City. So, so, that's, so that's good news. So uh, a long-lasting, everyone can take a, a, a big sigh of relief. But man, it's frustrating in a game that without most points, whatever, uh, he was just not in on the action like the rest of them, but obviously still fun nevertheless. And if you did start those secondary receivers like Ooh. the Reynolds or, or, or Conley, oh man, that that was fun. Straight. A, a lot of scoring. Money. You know, after watching that game, I don't usually do this, but I definitely felt like I needed a cigarette. It was that good. And when you wake up in the morning after a night like that, you definitely need a cup of coffee, which brings me to... Coffee talk. So Coffee Talk is a segment between friends, and friends remind friends that there are three games on Thursday this week, so set your lineups early, like right now, and there's a lot to talk about in those games, so let's get to it, beginning with the Cowboys, who are what? Suddenly interesting again? 
Zeke Elliott has had two of his best games since Amari Cooper joined the squad. This is a welcome, I would say welcome, because we're talking about how much we like offenses putting up points. This is a welcome wrinkle, right? That that part is, but this game specifically, unfortunately, with Alex Smith, gruesome injury. The, I mean, the low total, this game's like 40 and a half points. Um, the, definitely fired up to watch football on Thanksgiving, don't get me wrong, but the matchups could be a little bit better. Cooper could be faced with Josh Norman. Uh, he hasn't been totally shut down, but that that's somewhere, man. I had Amari Cooper everywhere in DFS last week. Just just a big, big disappointment. He should continue to see a lot of targets. Jeff Swaim's out. I don't know what they're in their third. Oh, can we please? Think, free Rico. Free Rico already. Oh, come Let's on. Do Dal- it. Come on. There's a, I believe there's a Dalton Schultz or something. Come on. You got to represent <laughs> Dalton. First name Dalton's out there. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, as far as DFS, something you got to play this, this slate, this three games. Uh, I'm going with Zeke Elliott for sure and basically avoiding all the rest unless you want to go cheap at quarterback, maybe Dak at home. But don't love any other options here. I mean, Washington, what receivers are you going to rely on? Well, the Washington receivers are pretty much a joke. I don't think Colt McCoy is that much of a downgrade from Alex Smith from the, I should say, 2018 version of Alex Smith that we've been getting. But they've had a ton of injuries. I I mean, Adrian Peterson is so game script dependent. But I do want to talk about Zeke quickly because people are are wondering whether or not he'll surpass like 85 rushing yards. I think that is a definitive yes. You know, Jason Garrett definitely likes to, hmm, what's the word other than put people to sleep um play it close to his vest uh push for overtime invite close games like any of these things he's far from aggressive but it just feels to me that as the cowboys are starting to gain steam down the stretch and the injuries that the first place washington redskins have suffered like this would be a huge opportunity for a statement game and to let zeke elliott run wild even in moments when he necessarily doesn't have to i have him slated for 134 total yards and and a touchdown. I would love to see the Cowboys just trounce the Redskins. Don't tell my husband, who's from D.C. <laughs> but I would love to see that just so that there is some liveliness in this NFC East division. Yeah, Garrett plays for the friendliest loss, no doubt. <sighs> I think there's some concern with, with, with Elliott because he has something like 55 touches over the last two weeks and it's going to be a short week. So, But he says he's totally fine. I still have him as a top five back this week obviously not as great of a matchup against Falcons that was just mouth-watering too bad he didn't touch you know hit Pater a couple more times he could have with all those yardage but he is just running fantastically like he was in his prime as a rookie I love him I'm starting him with confidence on the flip side you mentioned AP I want to say I I told people to to bench him last week those two touchdowns obviously it made me wrong the yards per carry were down, but he did look good on those two cutbacks, I must say. They were close. And Trent Williams might return for this game, which would certainly be a welcome sight to a Washington O-line that's been devastated by injuries. Agreed. I don't think, however, that Adrian Peterson finds the end zone this week. I just don't see it hap- happening. That Vander Esch kid has been so money. Yeah, they haven't so needed Sean yeah. Lee. I mean, they've been so good. I think he, I would be surprised if he surpasses 60 rushing yards in this game. And again, these are two teams. Whoever scores first, that's who's winning the game. Yeah, great, great draft pick, Vander Esch, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Bears and Lions. There are certainly some injuries piling up. These two teams faced each other two weeks ago. So uh, they're familiar foes, not just within the division, but in terms of time past. Mitch Trubisky's shoulder has been a bit of an issue. He did not play earlier, did not practice rather earlier in the week. Today, actually, he did not practice today. It's Tuesday. This week's been a blur. <laughs> Does that worry you at all? for Thursday's matchup? 
Yeah, I guess, I mean, as of now, we're recording, there are signs pointing to him missing the game. I mean, who that would be Chase Daniel possibly getting the start. So that that would not be ideal. A couple of backups on the Thanksgiving slate. Uh, this is a kind of a stay away there. Uh, Allen Robinson would then be looking at Darius Slay in shadow coverage with the backup QB. So even if Trubisky does gut it out, obviously he's going to be playing limited. So everyone should kind of keep expectations in check there. I mean, Your Bears are playing... Shouldn't this be the Jordan Howard game that we expected two weeks ago then? If you're not going to let the backup quarterback air it out because you're worried about his rapport accuracy, then Jordan Howard facing a completely beatable Detroit Lions run defense should be the answer. Totally a good call. Chicago's going to rely on the run. And they burned, he definitely burned fantasy teams. I had him ranked aggressively that week. And it's de- he's so game script dependent. Mm-hmm. And then they actually have a good game flow and he still doesn't produce. But this definitely could, could be different. The setup is the same. Although they're on the road, it's the same porous Lions run defense. I'll give another sleeper, Theo Riddick, just $11. He's seen seven or more targets in three straight games. Obviously, no Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, and carry on Johnson, which that just sucks, that injury. He looks so good. Just like a superstar in the making. I guess you can't complain too much. At least he didn't tear his ACL. But uh, with, with Garrett Blunt t- facing a tough run D in Chicago, I see Riddick getting getting more and more targets. And uh, Kenny, Kenny G, my Ooh, guy, obviously going to gobble up the targets on, on Thanksgiving himself as well because of that situation. But uh, one more final real cheap DFS sleeper would be Bruce Ellington. Same situation there, and he's just 10 bucks. But those are just cheap guys. If you want to go after the big scores other than Elliott, we're going to be waiting for the, that, that, that Thursday night game in the Saints-Falcons because this is going to be another defensive battle, it looks like. Let's talk about it because the Saints-Falcons has the highest over-under of the week at around 60 points. These two teams combined for 80 points back in Week 3. The Saints don't look like they can be stopped. I mean, those Eagles sure didn't fly last Sunday. And the Falcons, my goodness, they have dropped a few. That dud against the Cowboys, they are desperate to get Deion Jones back. Now, I do expect he will be back, the middle linebacker, a huge piece of this defense for the Falcons. But I think at this point, the Saints are so unstoppable. Michael Thomas has been money. Mark Ingram has been money. Somebody added me uh, on Twitter because I guess I had... Amazing. Um, because I guess I had said I was going to fade Mark Ingram. I don't remember saying that, but heck, my memory's a little bit fuzzy since being in New Orleans. Anyway, don't do that. Don't fade Mark Ingram. This whole offense is rolling. Traquan Smith, that's another guy that we have been pounding the table for, and we've been right in terms of process over result. But he had another dynamic showing. Yep. Uh, man, this this game opened 13 points, a little high, I thought, but it, and it makes sense that New Orleans just rolling over everyone after that week one loss. Yeah, you're obviously playing Kamara and Ingram both in this matchup. It's amazing how the team's going to produce two arguably RB1s. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's wild. I mean, it's obviously the Falcons, too. I mean, they're the most inviting matchup for backs that catch passes, and both of them do as well. Traquan, you said it. He was catching even the, the intermediate passes, not just deep, but he came alive. And I expect more of the same from him, and I'm starting him with confidence down the stretch and other other guys in this matchup Sanu is $22 and I actually kind of get it because the slot has been destroyed against New Orleans this season and then Calvin Ridley another one at 22 in this slate a guy I really like in DFS what did you think about that Calvin Ridley drop do you think that affects Matt Ryan's trust level or the play calling in his direction is he hitting that quote rookie plateau I try to actually completely ignore drops. Most of the time, the best receivers in the league are the leaders in that category. So, I, I mean, I guess there could be some armchair stuff like that. And the, he's young and the, and the quarterback shies away. But I don't think we've reached that point yet. And I, I, wouldn't, I have not let it affect my rankings yet. 
All right. Well, you talked about somebody gobbling up points, which I loved. And I talked about being thankful. So let's get into it and talk about players that we're thankful for. Please, Brett, tell me we have some sort of turkey drop right here. Nothing. (laughs) A live gobbling from our producer. No, that was a turkey. (laughs) What are you talking about? Incredible. Uh, So this year, you know, we've compared NFL teams to NBA teams. Some of you like that. Some didn't. You're very vocal. We've also compared players to movie monsters. You've added us. Don't at me, bro. About all the players you've been frustrated with this season. But this Thanksgiving, we want to stay positive and talk about, like I said, the players we're thankful for. Sometimes you don't know how thankful you are for someone until they're gone, right? Like sometimes you let someone go and if they come back to you, you know it's meant to be. I think I found that in a meme or an email when I was 12 at some point. So Andrew Luck, I am thankful, we'll see if Dalton is, that you're a top 10 quarterback this season. And Really, I'm thankful that Josh McDaniels backed out of the gig at the last moment so Frank Wright could get in there and revolutionize, I said it, this offense. Oh, Luck's been great. Has he not been sacked in five straight games Anthony now? Anthony I mean, Costanzo. Yeah, and Quentin Nelson, uh, the, the Notre Dame tackle. Mm. Uh, Frank Reich and look at the Eagles. I mean, if it wasn't so much Doug Peterson, I mean, they're a c- c- complete catastrophe right now. And Reich has this Colts team, uh, a dangerous uh, dark horse in the playoffs. I agree. I mean, what are your thoughts on Andrew Luck moving forward? Oh, he's I'm treating him. He's a top five fantasy quarterback. He's 100 percent back. Um, could even start running more. I mean, he throws to he, he loves throwing to those tight ends. But no, I'm starting it with confidence. I mean, what? how could you doubt it at this point? I mean, look at the touchdowns. It's wild how many he's putting up. I think it was 21 over his previous six games and then another big game. So. Yeah, he, he looks great. I have to say I was skeptical and I have him on none of my season long teams. I was skeptical as well, just because there's so much depth at the position that it felt like I didn't need to take a gamble on whether or not he was healthy. But hey, what do you know? If you protect him and get him a real workhorse running back, things in this offense can can sing. And I'm here for it. He's got Miami this week. Then he's at Jacksonville. But that defense, other than the run defense, has been so up and down at Houston, Dallas, and then the Giants in week 16. So I wouldn't say the easiest schedule by any means, by any means moving forward. But I do think with what the momentum that the Colts have built, he will be a, a top 10, no problem producer from a fantasy perspective. Dalton, you've got siblings, right? I do. I, right. They're both much older than me. But yes, I have a brother and a sister. Yes. Right. So then have you ever had a Thanksgiving where your brother or maybe even a cousin, um, if this hasn't happened more immediately, brings their new significant other? And there's that fear that this new significant other might be like, I don't know, a crazy person. But then sure, the best thing sure. happens, right? You meet the significant other and you're all, you know, passing the mashed potatoes, having some sparkling rosé perhaps. And you're like, oh, my goodness, they're making jokes. They understand when to laugh. They understand, more importantly, when to shut up. They're like a normal person. Well, for me, that person is Lamar Jackson this year because stay with me. I know it's a winding road. He's like the new addition to the Thanksgiving table. But he's welcome here because we love him. 
He's kind of frustrating for me because I, I recommended him as a stash before the season, but of course I was not patient enough to have him in any leagues. I mean, that was a tough one to to stash in most leagues with, with yeah, you know, one quarterback leagues. But wow, he's going to be fun to own down the stretch. I mean, running the ball, that is just wild. 27 attempts from the quarterback position. I don't know how sustainable that is for a, a franchise to win, but another terrific matchup, obviously, this week at home against the Raiders. So I hear you. I'd be thankful if I owned him as well because he's going to be super fun, especially in fantasy terms. Just some quick stats. He completed over 68% of his passes and managed 7.9 yards per attempt. Sure, those efforts only totaled 150 passing yards, but they showed promise. And anyway, as you alluded to, who the heck needs an arm when you've got legs like Jackson's? I mean, 117 rushing yards, a top 12 fantasy finish. I was actually proud of this one because I ranked him as my QB 11 on the week, and that worked out. He was actually the QB 11 on the week. So I dig it. Um, And as you mentioned, my goodness, no Jared Goff this week, no Patrick Mahomes. Great bye week fill-in given the matchup. I, I'm very happy. And unlike that brother or that cousin or that sibling, I just pray that the Ravens don't break up with Jackson because I want to keep him in the family. Yeah, no, he's a QB one borderline for me this week. I mean, man, I mean, he, uh, he only took two sacks dropping back that many Mm. times, 27 rush attempts and 18 passes. I mean, pretty impressive. He's obviously raw and he'll make some mistakes, but Oakland, you know, allowing the most yards per play in the NFL and, and, they're obviously uh, coming off a, a win, but they will go back to getting uh, blown out, I would assume, again this week. I have to also imagine that the Ravens right now, with all of the other issues, Joe Flacco's hip, uh, John Harbaugh's job potentially being in jeopardy, might want to force a rebrand. We're actually seeing that with Gus Edwards. Let's let's talk about him for a second, because I think that's another under-the-radar player. Gus the Bus Edwards is g- giant bruiser, undrafted You know, it's interesting because in week 11 of 2017, it was Alex Collins had his first meaningful workload and found the end zone for the first time. And then week 11 of 2018, Gus Edwards was like, excuse me, I need to stiff arm this Collins fellow out the way and be the 2.0 version. Oh, yeah. I never even heard of him. I didn't see this coming. And it wasn't even because of like another Alex Collins fumble. So but he had certainly looked good. I would have loved to see a target. But the touchdown, the the yards per carry, the matchup this week, I have I am rolling with him in DFS at his at his price. I mean, it's not quite. I mean, obviously, I mean, he wasn't yeah. priced as, uh, as no one knew he was. But now <laughs> if he's a feature back in this offense, um, I'm ag- I agree. I like him. I am thankful for surprises even this late in the season, but a surprise that well, I don't, I don't know if he was a surprise to all. He certainly wasn't a surprise to the Giants. I think he was more of a welcome exhalation for a team that drafted him as the second overall pick. My goodness, Saquon Barkley. I mean, that kid in New York, he's, he's pretty good. Um, I hope he never changes. I am grateful to have him on a couple of my teams. Um, I do hope, though, moving forward, obviously, that the O-line and the quarterback changes. Yeah, if you're a Giants fan, you're like looking at Sam Darnold and, you know, Josh Rosen. I mean, it's pretty exciting to have that running back. I mean, I get all the other counter arguments, but man, he's fun. Obviously, your fantasy owners are quite thrilled themselves coming off the three touchdown game. Saquon Barkley, arguably right now, already, or maybe even inarguably right now, the best real life running back. Well, 16 carries per game, six catches per contest, an average of 25 fantasy points per outing, the most evaded tackles, as well as yards created on the season. Goodness, my only worry would be does he hit a sophomore slump in 2019 but I'm not going to get ahead of myself because I'd like to stay in the moment present and grateful for all of the things we have now another player that I'm very thankful for 
is Anthony Miller. Dalton, you know, like, I I feel like sometimes fantasy analysts go on these jags where they're like, oh, I called this guy. But it's like such a such a shtick. You know, my deep affection for Anthony Miller. This is not fake. I was actually bummed when he was drafted to the Bears because I had just jumped off the bandwagon and um, Brad and Andy were giving me so much crap about it. And now I was like, but I'm going to root for this kid every week. I called his breakout heading out of the bye. Listen, do I get stuff wrong? All the time. This one, though, and that's why I'm so thankful for him. I was spot on about he has scored one, two, three, four touchdowns over his last six games. Every week they find a way to get him involved. I comped him to Doug Baldwin earlier Uh, This kid is, in fact, I think I said at our NFL draft show in April that he could be the this year's Cooper Cup. And I think so far I've been right about that. Definitely a good call. He also just passes the eye test. He just looks like a future star to me. He certainly looks really, really good. And uh, this week, you'd like to play him on Thanksgiving. You like to play that Lions secondary when it's not Darius Slay on Mm -hmm. you. But obviously, the quarterback situation now, you got to watch about in in Chicago. But But yes, good call. I think that um, Miller's hands are good enough, and he is tough enough. Don't forget, he played with numerous quarterbacks in college, and his stat line did not dip because of it. I think he is the kind of player who can adjust regardless of what's under center. And I think he'd still score this week definitely possible i will stick with the homerism and the person (laughs) i am thankful for george kittle on the 49ers a lost year for my 49ers in which no one can stay healthy so leave it to george brittle as i jokingly called him for the season to to stay healthy and and, you know in a year with fantasy tight end problems just throughout he's he's fifth in fantasy points per pass route i mean that's including receivers a quarterback, a, a passer rating is like 115 and throw it in, thrown to him. That's top 10 in the NFL. And that's with C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins, and that's a tight end. I mean, the guy is just awesome. He's also, like, been dominant in run blocking. I mean, there's an argument he's the best real-life tight end. I mean, so he's been fun both in fantasy and as a 49ers fan, and I just really hope he can remain healthy when the rest of the supporting cast improves. I mean, you know, I was at the Sunday night game. Uh, I'm sorry, the Monday night game against the Giants in week 10, you were yeah, there when you were too. Hob, you were hobnobbing it in some fancy suite and just letting me know. But I got it. I got us out there in the cold, in the bad wear, in the unhealthy air quality. You're just letting me know. I got you. Yeah, I you were wanted there. to on. go out. Carry I texted on. you and I was like, let's go out afterwards. And you're like, no, I got to get home. And I was like, cool, I don't. So- <laughs> yes, that's true. That is true. You did invite me afterward after we were allowed out of the. Yes, that's true. Okay. Anyway, carry on. Well, I was just going to say that I had I have to ask you with Raheem Mostert on IR and Alfred Morris looking washed. Are you believing in the hashtag Matt Burry? a season. Yeah, I am actually because I follow the Niners closely. What the problem with him is he's always looked impressive, but been banged up and he's getting healthier, not 100%. And right now, lately, he's definitely looked better. And, and especially in, say, this week's Sunday's matchup. Uh, yeah, I like Brito quite a bit moving forward. I mean, you just look at that back of that system with Shanahan. And he's really the only guy there and healthy. He can catch it and they like him at the goal line. Mm-hmm. So I do like him as a sneaky option if he can stay healthy. But that guy might be one of the biggest threats to leave with an in-game injury. So far, so good, though. I mean, not so far, so good, but at least last in week 10 so far so good i'm also thankful for the uh, drops that our producer puts together and this is the third time you're going to hear this one in this episode all right what big name player dear social media followers are you most worried about letting you down in week 12 dalton do you think these people should be worried about the following mvrco says james connor just hoping the wheels aren't falling off 
obviously had a miscue, dropped a ball. I'm not that concerned. I also feel like James Conner owners, you don't get to complain. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a great point, too, uh, aside from that. But yeah, the Jags have allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to um, uh, running backs. So that was a, a tough matchup there. But you're right. Those are really, really bad drops. But no, um, I fully expect Connor to bounce back. And now there's no even worry about Bell whatsoever. But exactly. Who's, who's complaining about James Connor at this point? Come on. Um, and he's facing in week 12, a Denver squad that's allowed 11 rushing plays over 20 yards. So he, you know, he's going to post a bunch of yak nice. on this one. I have him slated for over 100 total yards and a score. He bounces back. Don't schwitz. Kenny G, not the saxophone player or our favorite wide receiver on the Detroit Lions, but an apparent Twitter follower wants to know Doug Baldwin. He looked good last Thursday, but do we trust it? Dude, you, I am impressed with this guy's level of trust that he's even got Doug Ball, that he's trusting Doug Ball. I'd I'd cut that fool in like week three. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I was really worried about um, about his health, but I will say, I mean, 10 targets last week. Uh, He did score a touchdown, but... Yeah, I would not exactly like to be uh, be trusting Doug Baldwin moving forward. So uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with your skepticism on him. I don't think he's going to be totally healthy the rest of this year, even though he claims otherwise. Well, but he did claim at the beginning of the year that he was only going to be at about 80 percent. And when a player says 80 percent, that's probably right. like 67. No, I, I hear you. I, I'm, not, I'm certainly not starting him with confidence. I will say if you can get to the fantasy Super Bowl with him, congratulations, because he does draw the Chiefs at home. So there's an opportunity for a lot, as you mentioned, more volume in that one. But on the fence, um, finally, the OJ says he's worried about Carson Wentz. And I don't blame I'd be more worried about his O-line protecting him. That's the real issue here. Obviously, a huge stinker at New Orleans, to say the least. Maybe the, you know, the the, the Frank Reich loss, uh, as we said, has maybe been More extreme than we thought, but still 8.1 YPA at home this year. Obviously, Giants defense isn't too imposing. Uh, The more Golden Tate gets acclimated to this offense, the better, too. So I think Wentz bounces back. I mean, I know that we're expecting him. You know, he was going to on pace to win the MVP last year. He hasn't quite played like that or even close, but still, he hasn't been exactly terrible here. I mean, he's averaging 290 passing yards. 7.6 7.6 YPA, 15 touchdowns. I think Wentz is fine. I agree. I think he's fine. It's just that he's underwhelming from what we anticipated. But that is enough to get you through a stretch run. All right. It is time now to hand the show over to Brad Evans and Andy Behrens as they discuss their Rock'em Sock'em ranks for Week 12. here alongside good sir Andy Barons and it's another edition of Rock'em Sock'em Ranks. Did you beat me last week? Uh, no. No, I did not. Um, we had a, uh, a tiebreaker. that The tiebreaker basically came down to Lamar Jackson and we were both essentially right but you were a little bit more right on the yardage. You had a you had a lower passing number. It was a, that like that was just a crazy game. And not that we need to get off on a Lamar Jackson tangent, but um, he carried the ball twenty seven times, which is just not a thing that happens at the quarterback position anytime in the last fifty years. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely not. I think it was the uh, highest rushing performance by a quarterback in the Super Bowl era, if I'm not mistaken. It's, but I there's did- only there's only three guys in twenty years. It's Mike Vick, Cam Newton, and Lamar. Uh, or excuse me, and Tim Tebow, who had previously even had 15 carries in a game. So 27 is so far out there as to be a different sport entirely. 
And if you did watch our special edition of Fantasy Football Live from New Orleans, I said on air that Lamar Jackson would run for 100 yards. And he did. Bold, bold call. And he, he more than did it. Yeah. Came through. So, he was yeah. the fourth leading rusher of the week. It's crazy. It's just crazy. I hope he gets another start because it's the it's the repugnant Raiders for crying out loud. He may be going for like a buck 50 on the ground in that game. Totally. Absolutely. Um, so I believe the season series is now tied at three apiece, if I'm not mistaken. So the pressure is on to try to get a leg up here in uh, the Rock'em Sock'em competition, Barons. Let, let got, me tell you, I'm really sweating this competition. I am, too, because I, <laughs> I, I think we're playing for one million Turkish lira, which is essentially <laughs> worth about a uh, dollar fifty. Yeah, we're, uh, we're playing for one of those like Zimbabwean hundred million dollar notes, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's correct. And Vietnamese dong, which is an actual currency. <laughs> it is a currency. Look it up. I swear to God. All right. Uh, let's get into our disagreements this week. And let's start off at the quarterback position and Deshaun Watson drawing the Tennessee Titans to cap off week 12 on Monday night. Uh, that game at home. Uh, you are extremely bearish on Watson. I am more bullish. You got him outside your top 12. I'm inside the top 10. Give me your justification, good sir. Man, I, I just think this is such an interesting player, and I'm kind of at a crossroads with him because I, I've got him in one of our mutual leagues, the Red Grange League. He's been tough. Um, 25 pass attempts or fewer in each of his last five games. So the volume has completely evaporated. He's under 250 passing yards in each of those last five. Uh, the rushing totals have not, like, basically since he took a bunch of hits in, about a month and a half ago, um, playing through injury right now. The rushing stats have just not been there. The rushing attempts haven't been there. They've been protecting him more or less. And and then we're, we're looking ahead at a bad matchup here. The Tennessee defense is tied for the fourth fewest passing touchdowns allowed, only 235 passing yards per game allowed. There are some friendly matchups, uh, individual matchups uh, at, at receiver for Houston, but it is really difficult for me to trust Deshaun right, right now. I understand that. I, I think uh, it's a little deceiving the Tennessee standing right now, a few as fancy points allowed uh, to the quarterback position because they still have the new uh, and very improved uh, toast. <laughs> and that is Malcolm <laughs> Butler. So, you know, and Watson back in week two went for 310, two touchdowns, a pick, had 44 rushing yards. The key here is his ground production. I agree with you there. Uh, I think he, uh, you know, I think he goes over 20 fantasy points this week. Uh, I may move him down a little bit. I think I'm a little bit aggressive right now at my you know top seven ranking but I think he's going to finish right around QB 10 when it's all said and done I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's close uh to what he did in week two I think DeAndre Hopkins has a field day I think Demarius Thomas off that uh, donut shop opening the grand opening last week he gets off the schneid and the Houston Texans deliver again in front of a partisan crowd well so, this is this is definitely one where I'm rooting for you to be right and not me because I need Deshaun to do something well it's your uh your Brandon Funston move where he historically <laughs> would always use the reverse psychology card. So well played, my friends. The modified Funston, sure. Uh, let's stay in the same game and go to a different name in Deion Lewis and uh, their quarterback concerns with the Tennessee Titans as Marcus Mariota uh, re-aggravated his elbow injury. The coaching staff is calling it a stinger, but still it's nerve damage. And we saw what he did earlier this season, which was a whole lot of nothing. Uh, he was just a giant pile of elephant poo uh, to begin the year from a fantasy perspective, and it had some trickle-down effects. You're not at all concerned about Deion Lewis in light of this. I'm assuming you're fully on board with his expanded workload. 
Oh gosh. Um, so we're 10 games into the season and Deion Lewis has two touchdowns. That's a, that's a small concern for me. Um, he's, he's averaging. Are you, are you bearish on Lewis or are you bullish on Lewis? Uh, I don't, I don't think I'm very bearish. I'm fairly certain. I thought you were more bullish than I am. I didn't even look. I didn't research this segment before. we did. <laughs> We're just shooting from the hip here, man. I, I got to go oh, to the man, grocery store and stiff-arm grandmas. I feel, I feel like we're going to agree on this more than we disagree because I thought I was I was going to be perceived as bearish on him because I've got him as a just a fringy RB2, and I think you do as well. Like, I've got him at, like, 22 or 23 right now, and that is not intended as a full endorsement of Deion Lewis, and I don't really have anything glowing to say about him except that he is the dominant like if i have to say nice things um he has certainly leapfrogged derrick henry for what it's worth and is getting a bunch of work um i'm i'm really only prepared to say bad things about him though he's been held under four yards per carry eight times already this season uh tennessee is the fifth lowest scoring team in the nfl i'm not going to give him a strong endorsement i guess i'm a little higher on him than you are but that is not intended as uh again any sort of ringing endorsement whatsoever yeah i mean i'm at uh, rb 28 so i guess the difference of you know is he more of a flex option you view him more as a back-end rb2 but yeah i mean it's uh it's a very small separation here between the two of us so uh, you know you look at houston they're good at 3.49 yards per carry the running back position maybe he'll do some damage in the past game that the texans have allowed five receiving touchdowns to the running back position but i think this game you know first of 16 wins maybe yeah <laughs> that's the distinct possibility again i like watson but there are some concerns there that uh, lowers I can pretty much guarantee that there will never have been a greater disparity in scoring between one day, one Monday night game and another. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is an accurate statement. After the bonanza that happened between Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff, we're going to go to this pedestrian ho-hum game where you're wishing you were still drinking from uh, Thanksgiving Day because that's what it's going to be. And I would encourage that. Just start at <laughs> 8 a.m. on Thursday and roll all the way through Monday night. Who cares about, you know, supporting your family and your job? Absolutely. Just, just keep it going. It's the holiday season for crying out loud. Oh, let's go to a Thanksgiving Day matchup between our Chicago Bears going against the Detroit Lions, kicking things off on Thursday. And we have a disagreement on Allen Robinson. I'm rather high on him. Uh, I've got him as a top 20 wide receiver. You do not. What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, a uh, couple things here. Number one, uh, we have a big open question as we speak right at this moment as to what exactly is wrong with Mitchell Trubisky. He's got a got a shoulder issue. If I had to guess, I would say he's probably going to play this week, but there is at least some doubt about it. Uh, of course, a couple of weeks ago against uh, against Detroit, Robinson went off, but that game uh, d- did not involve Darius Slay in any way. He was not playing for the Lions. He's back now. That is a uh, as big a difference maker as Detroit can get on defense. Um, so I'm a little bit like Robinson has the one great game to his credit. It's his only 100-yard game so far this season. He is under 70 yards more often than not. I think he can have an okay day here, but I would not bank on anything close to wide receiver one numbers. Well, I'm not saying he's going to be a wide receiver one. I think I've got him more as a mid-range wide receiver two. I don't think he's going to hit 100 yards. As you mentioned, uh, Darius Slay likely to play, but he's not at 100%. I mean, he was banged up even last week as well. Uh, Hopefully, uh, he'll get a little taste of Nevin Lawson again. That's who we saw back in week 10 with that six-catch, 133-yard, two-touchdown game. You know, he's seen 15 targets the last couple of weeks. Uh, I I think it's entirely achievable for him to get to, you know, five for 65 to 70 to score. That'll get him top 20. That's what I'm leaning on. But again, that's assuming 
Trubisky is the starter in this game, and it's not Mike Tomczak. <laughs> we're, lo- we're looking at Chase Daniel week. Uh, how, how excited are you for that? Uh, well, not. It, it better not be Chase Daniel. I hope that Mitchell, you know, gets healthy. They give him a little yeah. shot of quarter zone, and he's out there uh, lighting it up because, you know, Matthew Stafford usually shows up on Thanksgiving Day. At least he has historically. Even without on Johnson, uh, this team is going to unleash on the Bears vertically down the field, trying to play some inspired ball for that crowd that uh, will be donning a lot of turkey hats in the stands. So <laughs> always a fun one. So we're going to agree to disagree there. And that is a wrap on this edition of Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Again, enjoy the turkey. Enjoy the gravy shots and the libations. Guys, back to you. Fantastic work as always, gentlemen. And I am just thankful that Brad Evans didn't get arrested in New Orleans for talking a about A minor it. miracle. <laughs> hey, how, yeah, you, you probably saved him, I'm sure. Oh, there were a couple of moments that I... I made sure he made the better choice, if you will. Also, choices that we can make are players on our DFS lineups. We got a couple of bargains, which is perfect because Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, is the day that everybody wants all the bargains. So are there any are there any Black Friday players that you're looking at in this week's DFS contest? Uh, we mentioned a couple earlier. Uh, I like Bruce Ellington at 10, Gus Edwards at 18. The other one I'll, I'll throw out there, Cam Brate at 13. O.J. Howard has been sent to the IR. Brate has done absolutely nothing. But Winston has liked him in the past, even with a healthy mm-hmm. Howard. So now he should soak up the targets against an SF secondary that's no good outside of Richard Sherman. It's the game's second highest total this week. So I like Cam Brate cheap across, uh, you know, at DFS, just, just 13 bucks. Give me Brate. I am digging on Josh Adams. This is a cat that we've been talking about since week eight, believe it or not, but still remarkably available in a large number of leagues. He was undrafted out of Notre Dame and has emerged as the Eagles' lead rusher, the big-bodied bruiser who averaged 7.6 yards per carry in week 11 at New Orleans. He rumbled his way to 53 yards and a score on just seven attempts. This Eagles' backfield is desperate for power, and Adams represents all of that. I think he continues to devour turf and I really like his chances of finding the end zone again in week 12 versus the Giants. Burita obviously found it numerous times last Monday night. Love Josh Adams. And I, what's exciting about him is he saw six targets last week. Mm-hmm. So if he can get involved as a, as a receiver, love him. Just all he needs is the opportunity. DJ Moore at $15 versus Seattle is also interesting. He's been silly good. The problem is consistency, right? Because Curtis Samuel is there and does a similar thing. So which one of these guys is going to go off? They won't always both go off like they did last week. But I just think at $15 and given the matchup, Moore's uh, stock is on the rise. Yeah, it's hit and miss with Moore. But man, when he hits, he goes off big. I mean, last week, he just looks so good. It's tough to, to sit him at that price. And he was only a, a owned in like 35% of Yahoo leagues because he was coming off two disappointing matchups, one against Tampa Bay, who had been killed against the slot. But sometimes Jerry was right moves there. But I'm, I'm with you here. I like the exciting rookie. And hopefully Carolina continues to target him and feature him. Agreed. So is there anyone that you're staying away from? You're just like, no, thank you. That reminds me of my grandma's cream spinach. I'm passing. So uh, Laz did a good job. There are no egregious prices whatsoever, I must say. But Juju at $26, I don't love. I'm paying up at running back instead. Denver, you know, Chris Harris is a tough slot corner there, cover corner. So Juju at 26. But nothing too, too, too bad for me, though. What about you, Liz? I agree. Laz did do a bang up job. But I feel like Leonard Fournette at $36 
at Buffalo is a little bit pricey. I know he's coming off of the last two weeks, 52 rushing attempts, seven red zone carries, 250 total yards, three touchdowns, two top eight fantasy finishes. That's what we get out of this guy when he's healthy, for real healthy, not just like kind of healthy. But $36, not when I've got guys like Marlon Mack, Facing this awful Miami run defense available for $27. Or even Saquon Barkley, who we yeah, talked about earlier. Yeah. 30 yeah. bucks for Saquon. Yeah. That, to me, is too much. Yeah, I'm taking Barkley at the same price, let alone six cheaper. So totally hear you. Well, I hear you. I'm thankful for you, Dalton. Thank you. Honestly, I think the best, I'm going to get a little bit, I'm just going to get a little bit emo. If you have some background music, Brett, feel free to. Oh, play. my laptop is filled with the emo music. <laughs> I mean, I knew that about you. Nice <laughs> yeah. black t-shirt. <laughs> so I would say the best thing for me about working at Yahoo Fantasy is that we are genuinely in love with all of our coworkers. You're all my buddies. I was walking down the streets of Bourbon. Well, I was walking down Bourbon Street and feeling protected and supported by producers, writers, cast members. We come home. Brett has a Cracker Jack show outline for us. Dalton, you and I have spent a lot of time talking football and life. And, you know, feel free to roll your eyes, listeners. But part of having a dream job is working with dream people. And that is something I am incredibly grateful for this Thanksgiving. The feeling is 100% mutual. Very succinct. Thank you so much. Same Z's. I feel very whole now. (laughs) Oh, let me get that turkey drop. On that note, you can follow us on Twitter and submit your questions to at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's at Dalton Del Don. We will be back on Sunday with Scott P. Well, I'll be back on Sunday. I don't know what Dalton's going to be doing, but Matt Harmon will also be joining us and probably a couple of extra pounds. I love those crescent rolls. We out. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.